Let's continue the pleasantries for another three or four minutes. Oh, sorry. I forgot that we had the time limit. Oh, hi, John. <laughs> uh, so you really are at work, huh? What, when, you, when you told everybody that you had to be uh, indisposed for uh, periods of up to 50 minutes for face-sitting, what did they say? Um, they said, have fun being gay or whatever. <laughs> That's a very inclusive and uh, tolerant workplace. Well, you know. Yeah, they were t- they they embraced it. They you should they they're saying that you should go for it. Yeah, do it. Do whatever makes you happy. That's what they were saying. <laughs> now, how you fellows doing? It seems like there was a lot of enthusiasm to record this episode today. Yeah, still is. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, happy <laughs> to be here. This guy, uh, I was just playing Rocket League. This guy asked us all to party up, and so we played a couple games, and he was very aggressive. He sent me, like, 18 friend requests on PlayStation Network. He's like, Mike, 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 come on. And then, like, we get scored on, and he goes, Team, you're better than this. Get your mics out. I'm like, uh, I, have, I have to leave. <laughs> I just quit. I quit on them in the middle of a competitive match. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> You should dox like the fuck out of that guy right on this podcast. Yeah, I'm going to figure out where he – I mean, it's Sony, so it's easy to hack their shit. I can figure out exactly <laughs> where he lives. Just uh, say, his, say his username over the podcast, and I don't, all 20 of, of the listeners will get on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll add him to Caveman League and just roast him until he leaves. <laughs> Go after his mom and stuff. Uh, well, so um, we had to read two chapters. I actually forgot to bring the book upstairs with me. Uh, but – uh, the first rule was um, uh, do not hide unwanted things in the fog. And the second rule, which was rule four, uh, was um, opportunity is where <laughs> responsibility has been abdicated or whatever. Is it? <laughs> what is it? Notice that opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. Okay, very good. Uh, so I thought, uh, especially compared with rule two, these two were way better, way more interesting. Um, I thought yep. the uh, yeah, these were both just, bangers. Yeah, it went I would straight say, back to being useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- these two chapters were way more useful. But I would I would say that this book is still trending in the uh, stinks <laughs> direction. <laughs> <laughs> Why say more? I don't know. It just feels like he he got so much fame from the first book and I think he's it almost seems like he's writing to people who aren't the audience that enjoyed the first book if that makes sense like he's trying to get away from the uh, the Rogan fanboy genre demographic I hear that, that. yeah I, I mean I don't know I think he just like it's based on I think he came up with like 42 rules or something on like some post originally and then i think he boiled it down to like the 12 most important ones and now he's just like he's got lesser rules that have made it into the sequel and there's there's no way around it but it's like yeah i yeah i think he he's trying to take the edge out of it a little bit like the first one i don't know i don't even know why the first one's controversial but me neither but for some reason it is i I think it's less the book and more just the things he said in subsequent interviews, but right. 
Well, he had the whole things with the where he wouldn't call trans people by their chosen pronoun. Pronoun. Yeah. In 2008 or something, there was a like Ontario government thing that was like they defined six new pronouns and then you have to call people by their chosen pronoun. And he didn't because he said you can't we can't have the government telling us what to say. And it was interpreted as I hate trans people. <laughs> and so his book, I don't think is his book is like certainly like it ignores certain classes of people where this whatever systemic injustices they face is like it essentially makes the advice it doesn't flow as well for them. Mm-hmm. And add that with the trans controversy and he's just like the white man prophet. <laughs> yeah. But do not hide unwanted things in the fog. I interpreted a lot of this as there are ways in which you're a psychopath and you like hide things from yourself and it makes your life convoluted and difficult. Well, right. And that, uh, I, I, I believe that's the chapter where he, is that the chapter where he has the Peter Pan reference? Where he talks about, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think that's the the next one. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's easy to be kind of willfully blind about yourself right and so you can just be like uh no it's it's never me who's wrong in these arguments with my wife right it's always her um and my you know dealing with my mother-in-law is impossible because she is insane and i am totally rational and uh and maybe that's not always the case yeah maybe you're the fucking asshole (laughs) i don't think so i think it's you (laughs) Right, exactly. <laughs> but it, yeah, and also the, all all the little things pile up. He he mentioned uh, like you know little things if they happen every day are not little things. And he mentioned like the fifteen thousand days that comprise a thirty year marriage. If like the posters on the wall in the house where you live annoy you, that's fifteen thousand days where they annoy you. So it's not a small issue, even though like moment by moment it seems like it is. Right. I think there's definitely something to what Jake said, but I, I think that a lot of these rules, it come, they come off as self-help bookish at times. Because if I say this about that Jocko Willink guy, and it's, it's like if you're needing to listen to these motivational uh, one-minute videos, then you've already lost the battle. You know what I mean? It's like if you need that in your life, then you, you, you're probably never going to achieve it. You know what I mean? 
I think the people that are just that are listening to these rules and, and it's good advice at the end of the day and you can't take that away from it, but I don't know. It's kind of pedantic, heavy handed. I think a lot of them are self-evident, maybe even all of them, but like for each person, there's probably a small subset of these rules that it's not for you. And I think for this one in particular, for me is it's not that it's not obvious, but it's definitely the one that I'm, the worst at so far which is like and there's that where it's there's you're going to take something however small it is away from at least a portion of this so at, at that time it's it's useful well i would say if, if jake is saying that they're self-evident then why did he have to ask you what the rules are <laughs> you know what i'm saying like the, oh, oh yeah i can label the rules here we go and they all would have been essentially maybe not the same wording but it would have been the same idea but having something self-evident articulated in a thoughtful way does help you understand it better. It's his whole, like, I think it was the first chapter or something where he's talking about his granddaughter pointing at things. Uh, the idea of having a word label a concept and the grander idea of a story describing a more abstract concept, he's, he's going back to it all the time because that's the whole point of the book because you could just say all of these are obvious but he's trying to, to give it to you in a, what, like a articulate manner. Yeah, it's valuable to hear somebody else like putting your own words, uh, like repeating them to you, like, like, you know, somewhere in your brain that you need to deal with some aspect of your life differently. And each of these rules is about addressing that, like taking something and, and improving some part of your life. And sometimes you just need somebody to say it in a way that's like, oh, yeah, that is what I'm doing. Like when I'm, I'm indecisive about things often. And like, sometimes you just need to make a choice about something, but it, you're, you're not making the choice because you're worried it'll be like the wrong one. But by not making a choice, you're, you're already failing. You know, that was one of the things that, that like really hit me. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's actually what I'm doing. When I, when I think I'm just avoiding some kind of disappointment by not making a choice about something, actually, I'm just, I'm making no choice and just making my life worse as a product. Yeah. He, I, that one hit me as well. I think that's the fourth one that he mentions a lot of sins of omission as in not, not taking action. Yeah. And the actual sin is that you yourself become resentful of your, of what you haven't done instead of going back and saying, I failed there 
and I defined failure and I didn't let it become this nebulous concept. And now that I've failed, I've learned whatever set of things I've learned as opposed to just wondering what could have been. Uh, and then just kind of like resenting yourself and, and your life choices. Yeah. Me, I'm trying to move around so I don't, <laughs> I'm not around people. It's like a big game of cat and mouse here. <laughs> uh, I think it might be a bit echoey in there. Can you go slide down the pole real quick? Yeah, do ASMR down the pole. <laughs> it's just going to sound like a bunch of squeaking. Oh, man. In a man yeah. <laughs> An adult man shrieking. I'm down to uh, 238, by the way. Where are you at, Pat? Uh, I think I'm still where I was before, right around the 225 mark. All right, I'm going to catch you. No, you're not. It's going to be embarrassing. I've, I've already started my master plan. Uh-huh. I can't. No, you're going to see the finished product when I'm 900 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that today. Uh, if you wanted to gain, I was listening to an old KMS, and if you wanted to gain 100 pounds in three months, wouldn't you just have to go to the gym and just squat a shit ton of weight and just do lots of, like, do the, uh, who's that guy who ate all the hot dogs, the Japanese guy? Just do Obiyashi. like... Yeah, do the Kobayashi workout where you just try to gain as much weight as possible. I don't think you could gain 100 pounds in three months. I think that's impossible. I think that you would be severely unhealthy for doing that. <laughs> no way. I think you'd gain more weight if your body had a reason to keep it on. So if you're like pounding lots of protein in the morning, then doing a really ridiculous like heavy lifting workout. Then the rest of your day, you're just eating pizza and whatever the hell you want, pounding soda. So you're fat and strong. That's the only way to do it. I don't think it would work. You'd have to take lots of calcium. I don't think it would work. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it that McDonald's documentary where the guy ate McDonald's every meal? Was he? What? <laughs> what? Are you talking about Jared? No. That's the. <laughs> What's the deal yeah. with all these guys? <laughs> Is everybody raping? Yeah, it's like. It's like Mama Mia's. It just ruins rape? your life. <laughs> Why aren't I doing any rape? Is it only for famous people? Is that the only. <laughs> yeah, you don't have enough power. Well, I would. Mm. Well, what's the difference? What would. Right. What would be your associated fast food restaurant? Me? Yeah. Well, I think I'm the Taco Bell guy now. I think that's <laughs> the just Taco me. Bell rapist. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been labeled. The Baja Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to get that tattooed on me. <laughs> Right across your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a uh, first word of the chapter that I didn't know about or didn't know what it was. Oh, tell us. I think it was in the first chapter. It was like in the first paragraph of the first chapter, but I don't have, I just have the audio book, but it was drop foot. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's where you just sort of don't have the, the feeling of your foot, so it just sort of falls flat every time you go to take a step. Did not know that that's a thing. Sounds terrible. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can. That's, that's early. Beats me. And <laughs> yeah. Savannah. (laughs) Can I get a country of origin, please? Sounds Dutch. Does sound Dutch. I like that. Yeah, let's just assume that's correct. Um, do you guys know what abdicate means? Yes. No. Just, uh, <laughs> well, we yes. Get rid of or obtain? It's one of the get two. Ri- right? Get rid of. Okay. I only know abdicate from that Hey Arnold episode with the abdicator. <laughs> I don't know that. I know I realize... it because of uh, the crown. Uh, ah. Yeah. Crown royal? No, no, no. Like the British monarchy. You abdicate uh, the throne. You give it up. Oh, I see. Yeah. Later, in which all he does is in social situations, or just any situation, <laughs> he just kind of blends in. Like, he's always able to <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> but <laughs> like when you're playing Assassin's Creed and you hold Y to blend in? Exactly. Exactly like that. Mm, yeah, so that's- except it's, exa- it's Assassin's Creed, except nobody gets killed. <laughs> That's pretty boring. You're just stealth fitting in in regular situations. Yeah, if you need a guy wearing a wire, he's your guy. That perfect. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I want to talk about in chapter four uh, is the idea about. Okay, so we're, we're talking about responsibility, and uh, he talks. It gets kind of into professional capacities, right? So um, that's kind of where it starts. Where if you can make yourself kind of. Uh, invaluable that's the best kind of job security there is and that it might lead to actually you being happier so if you pick up the jobs that somebody doesn't want uh you then have a a right to ask for more money because you are needed and so one of the conversations that uh, jake and i have had often is the job uh where um pay uh is so much the, the pay is greater than the responsibility and so that would be a job uh, where it's totally stress-free, right? And so we have always come to the conclusion that the 
the, the job with the uh, best pay, and it's still not a lot, to lowest responsibility uh, is mailman. Because, and I do think that this book emboldened me on that. Because is there really a more useless thing today than the fucking mailman? <laughs> Boy, I hope, I apologize to all our mailman listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Not the whale, it's letter the carrier whale. asshole <laughs> sorry male people pa- parcel people mm. partial people <laughs> uh i think they are needed but uh that's sort of digressing from the point of the podcast i think um the whole fucking thing is a digression <laughs> is it <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I never even got this thing until now. <laughs> I came here with notes to talk about this stupid book. Oh. Well. By the way, uh, be, be my guest. Ignore whatever I have to say and just fucking read your notes and then we'll just end the podcast. Yeah, sounds good. Go ahead, Pat. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> now sound them out, baby. Uh, no, in reality, I have nothing. But um, yeah, that's it. I don't have anything. Yeah, Dan, Dan is a... <laughs> Sorry to show my dick to everybody. Did you? It's just what I, I do it. on Zoom. It's All the I notepad. saw was Steve's big teeth. <laughs> hey, they're shrinking. That's what I'm trying right. to do. I'm trying to get my face to be fatter because in proportion, my teeth will look smaller. <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works. <laughs> that's something I think you could do in three months. Shave your teeth down? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Can do that in a couple minutes. Party. <laughs> I went to the I went to the the dentist, and I have a really good. This was this week. I have a really good relationship with my hygienist, uh, and so we were there, and we were getting. She was getting ready to, uh, you know, to, to poke my teeth or whatever. And so the the hygienist in the room next to us, we can hear her ask somebody, "How often are you flossing?" Right, and so I'm like, "Every time I come here," right, and so we both have a good little chuckle, and so then I say. Hey, just, uh, you know, do you have patients who it's like, it's pretty clear that they haven't flossed since they were here last? And she's like, oh yeah, people who brush too. Now, she starts to tell me a story about this young guy that she has that, that's there. And now I have run into Jake at the dentist during <laughs> coronavirus time. I know where this is going. I like it. <laughs> so I did ask. After the story in which she goes on this diatribe about how his, he's never going to be able to, uh, you know, to meet a woman. That's what she tells him because his teeth are so bad. I did say, is his name Jake? <laughs> <laughs> is he a sort of Weasley looking <laughs> And she just looked at her shoes. <laughs> Ooh, that's a HIPAA problem right there. Yeah. I think his name's Jake. I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah. <laughs> Is he the guy with one consonant and his uh, one vowel in his last name, seventeen letters long? The thing is, when you don't brush your teeth, you're not considering the community of people that is you in the timeline of your life. Yes, exactly. You How about are a that community. Concept? You are a community unto yourself. That is a pretty interesting thing to think about. Yes, I uh, that floored me as well. I had to like pull over in my car and just think about that for a little bit. That's pretty heavy. Because there is a part of you that's like, you know, the, you know, the, like you always think of, you, I, you always hear about like the, the Inuit people, like with the old one just got on the iceberg and they just like kind of pushed them away because they were just absorbing resources. Well, like that, there is an, like a version of that in you, right? 
there is the old helpless person inside of you at some point. Um, And so to try to, yeah, it was, I will, he gets in the thing where you have to take care of yourself. Like it's your duty. And I thought he was going to start saying something about how you have to take care of yourself and you can't let yourself become a big gigantic fatso. And I was going to say, he's going to have a problem on this podcast, but he (laughs) did not explicitly say you can't get fat. That would be another strike against him. (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, as long as your goal is to get fat, it sounds like you, you make yeah, a goal. You have a, goal. a Yes, you, you have a, a clear definition of success and you have a definition of failure. And, and in our case, it would be if you don't gain 100 pounds in three months, you've failed. Or you don't make your face look fatter, you've failed. Mm. But if you hide in the fog and, you don't, and you're still nebulous about what your goal really is, you'll never really be able to attain it or give it up. Because you would shoulder an incredible burden, like your joints, they would shoulder an incredible burden with this extra hundred pounds that you would have gained. Yeah, I, I agree. Did, I did buy uh, some knee braces for my knees. They're starting to wear out. Yeah, the knees are the, the first to go, then the hips. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's rough. But the good news is you'll get lots of skin tags in all the places that rub together. Oh, God. <laughs> in the back of your <laughs> neck, your neck folds. Is that how you get those? Oh, okay. Have a friggin' yeast infection on the back of your knees. Oh, God. Easy. <laughs> Why do those happen? I don't know. Why? I mean, it's just bacteria like and, no, and why, lumps why skin and tags? darkness. Why do, okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Skin tags? I don't know. It's probably some sort of uh, herpes virus would be my guess. I have no idea. Mm. Well, don't and? do that. Yeah, and now we can talk about herpes. <laughs> We're just segueing all over the place. Uh, what else, gentlemen? What, what else stuck out to us? I did like the, the Peter Pan analogy where he talks about how, I think it's something like um, he is, uh, because he has shirked off all responsibility and he re- remains a child in perpetuity, he never can really live and that, that's actually, that he's actually in hell. Like that, that is... Um, without any of the positives and, uh, you know, the risk that it takes to, to grow and become a better person that you're in hell. Like you're, you're, you're never going to become anything better. That part definitely stuck with me. I did enjoy that part of the book because I really think there is some truth to that whole, sometimes life's going to suck and you just kind of have to embrace it and get through it and, hopefully on the other side you become a better version of the person you were before that but to just like peter pan to live your life as a child like you said you're not experiencing the successes but also the failures that come along with it i just that would be hell that would be a total fucking bummer yeah i never thought about that and i always liked the story of peter pan but i never interpreted it that way that like like wendy is the is the hero of the story it's like she decides out yeah she like yeah she makes it out despite like her love for for her friend she makes it out and she like has a real life i never thought about it like that no i had never considered that part of the book either or the story i found it really useful uh he was he was doing the case study that the peter pan story was a part of this he was trying to explain you know, how, how you should live your life, say, like, if you're just a completely self, self-centered, self selfish person, and you only live for yourself in the moment, your goal would, would be for happiness at each moment. 
but obviously doing that, it just means you're going to pursue things to make you happy immediately and addictions or whatever else it could be. Uh, and he essentially, he said, well, happiness isn't, everyone loves, like happiness is great. Like there's no denying that, but it's just not possible to always be happy. And if you aren't happy currently, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It's just kind of part of your ride. And well, so, well, how would, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, how do you know the depth and breadth of happiness if you don't know sadness or difficulty or pain? You know what right. I mean? You're just sort of, it would just be kind of a dull, slow ride to infinity. Yes. Right. It would be seen, your own hell. Have you guys seen the, uh, the good place? Parts of it. I know well, the concept. I know that Blake Bortles is mentioned a lot. That's <laughs> true. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. It's a good show. And there's the ending of the series is particularly relevant to this conversation. But since none of you have seen this. <laughs> well, would it help if I told you that I'm never going to take the time yes. to sit down and watch it? Yeah, Ted well, Dance is too old for me to watch a show with him. In and it. that hair is not even his. All right. All <laughs> listeners, stop listening. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want to see The Good Place. The end Here be spoilers. They, they get to heaven and it's just like everything you ever wanted and everybody just kind of turns into zombies over time. Cause like once you've raced go-karts with every kind of animal on, on the planet or even just knowing <laughs> that you can, it's like no longer desirable just because you have, you have this unlimited pump of like happiness, but like none of it means anything. Right. Yeah, and it's how like many movies how many movies have been written about that? You know, Bruce Almighty and that whole archetype of you're given everything in the world. You have a million wishes and all of a sudden it gets to the end and you haven't found love or whatever. And they go back and, and wish it all away. I think even just a, a, go ahead. He makes a really compelling point that so like, you you know, you can't be happy all the time, but you can get the most satisfaction after uh, by having a goal and then just taking the steps to pursue that goal. So you may wake up in the middle of the night with feelings of doubt and anxiety and not know where you're like, what's going on in your life. But if you can recall back, okay, I'm working on this goal. I'm doing this positive thing for myself. Even if you're currently not happy, you'll still be able to move through as long as you can stay mindful enough to remember that, that goal and feel like satisfied that you at least have a purpose. I found that very useful. Hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking about the, you know, w without, you know, without like the, the, the tug back and forth, like, okay, so if, if you really love ice cream, the first scoop of ice cream is pretty good. The 10th one isn't as great. Um, yeah. And so it, uh, yeah, it is, uh, but ice cream is still pretty good overall. Oh, ice cream is still pretty <laughs> great. But the first, the first sip of an orange soda, like a Sunkist or whatever, is is incredible. They're yeah. like maybe unbeatable as beverages go. But when you get to the end of the can, it's like not that great anymore. Ugh. Yeah, I'm done with the syrupy orangeness. Ugh. Just spit in orange soda. Yeah, it, it, it would remind me of something like backwash. Like I be, I need to eat an Airhead. And then uh, watch, the, you know, like be at the, co the, the the high school football game. Ugh, orange yeah. soda. Eat a cold hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
there was something else I was going to say, but uh, I fucking forget it because one of you started to talk over me and I had it and now I lost it. Good. What's the it's next rule? Me. Oh, the next rule sounds great. Hold on. It is do not do what you hate. Mm. But didn't he just spend a whole chapter telling you that sometimes you have to do what you don't like? Mm. He is a contradictory ass. Wasn't he? He was kind of saying that with the Osiris story, where Osiris could see and also not see at the same time, and remain purposely blind. That was the first time he told like an ancient tome, where I was like, okay, now I understand why he's using these old old passages because he's essentially like extracting the credibility of the fact that the story has lasted this long, and then you have an old culture that, and it still holds true today. And also, apparently, one of the other Egyptian gods after Osiris was dismembered and like thrown around the world, like used his discarded penis to yep. impregnate herself. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading that part. I was like, <laughs> because I, I was trying to read one of those words and I was like, is this the word seminal or is this like seminal? It, it yeah. was, it, it, it was, it wasn't. Okay, am I the only one reading the book? No, I'm reading it as well. Okay. But did you see that Pat? It was, he talks about, the the word is like seminal and like he, he like there's like it's almost like a joke passage where he's just talking about all the like all like these dick phrases. Well, well that's where <laughs> the word seminal comes from is from semen. Right. Okay, so seminal. is it the word is it the word seminal that was in there that I was reading? I just don't know what that word looks like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. S seminal S E M I okay, yeah, I guess. He he calls uh, wow. Osiris's penis. What a, what a moment! <laughs> Osiris's phallus. I like that. That was cool. I'm gonna change the name of my penis to phallus with a capital P. Like oh yeah, Pharaoh. I mean that's. Uh, I knew Pharaoh that. Phallus. I knew that. Like phallus was was dick, but I didn't. I never put together that the seminal moment is like the the, <laughs> the climax. <you> know? <laughs> well, no, it's like the impregnating moment. It's the it's the moment it's the that scene. sets it all off. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, he explains that part of the story, and then there's a sentence where he just goes, and what does this mean? You're like, all right, I guess we're going into this. <laughs> and it meant something that I was so distracted, I, I couldn't even, like, I couldn't tell. I, I thought about the, the impregnating yourself with a castrated penis through, like, the rest of, a god. of his analogy. Of, yeah, of a, a, of a god. I wonder if they probably didn't know that that's not where the semen is. So, semen's just not hanging out in the penis. It comes from the prostate and the. And Speak the yourself. Prove it. <laughs> but, but that's neither here nor there, I suppose. That'll be some good ASMR. We sure. Never mind. Is Pat laggy for everybody else? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Pat, now what is going to be the climax of this episode? Are you going to say like maybe like like exactly four minutes you might have uh, a fire that you need to attend to? I wish I could plan that. And if somebody could set a fire, that would be a great deal of fun for the rest of us here. You guys we sort of sit around uh, like hoping there's going to be a fire? Yeah, we sit around waiting for um, great misfortunes in everyone else's lives. <laughs> That sounds like me like five years ago. 
No, I think it sounds like you still today. <laughs> yeah, the entire community of you throughout all of your timeline is unchanging in that in that regard. Yeah, you're really just preying on the misery of other people. <laughs> I do like the idea. Now, he, he said this in a way that it sounded bad, where you create a personal fog around yourself so that somebody who's trying to help you stumbles through it and then is prey to whatever attacks you can lay on them when they finally figure out what you're trying to say. But that sounds like a great way to just to live your life. Just constantly confuse and befuddle people. Yeah. So everybody stays the fuck away from you. (laughs) The only thing I've heard about the good place is there's a, there's a house in between the good place and the bad place where there's some lady just doing Coke all the time. Yeah. And it's like not good or bad. She, She doesn't like bother anyone, but she's just doing tons of cocaine all the time. Yeah, well, she wants to. She doesn't have access to it that, that often. But she, she lives in a medium place where she has all of her, like, favorite things, but they're all slightly, like, terrible. Like, she has her favorite beer, but it's always warm. And she has, <laughs> and she has like, her favorite movie on VHS, but it's, like, she, it's, like, the worst, the worst in, in a trilogy of, like, her favorite movie series. <laughs> Sounds like my life, really. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone's life. Medium place. Is she the one that roots for Blake Bortles? No. Hmm. That's the bad place. Uh, So we did not get to Slandercast this week, Dan. We didn't. We didn't even communicate about it. Nope. Too much going on. But you know what? We can do one. We can do one this week. This sort of devolved into Slandercast for a little bit. Yeah. Made fun of Jake. Made fun of Steve's teeth. Mm-hmm. Called weight. me fat. Yeah. So. Hey guys. Pretty much. What is that on your end, Pat? Oh shit. Oh, are you gonna have to go, dude? <laughs> it sounds like it's time oh, to go. Oh man. Oh, I'd love to see you, dude. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go get a cat out of a tree. Bye. <laughs>